1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They had things like Rick Camp. Yeah. Holy cow! Oh my goodness! Rick Camp in studio. Oh, solo Mayo, that's Rick Camp in the SCORE studios in downtown
0: Chicago. No virus stops us. Well?
1: Rick Camp in studio. And Rick Camp in studio.
2: bed stops there
0: oh well that would have been good to know we're off to a rip-roaring start here on 670 the score i am recamped that sean anderson on the other side of the glass could have told me there was like five seconds left on the bed or something i would have at least sorry i thought it was like about to be when like the bass dropped or something because it kind of had that build-up feel apparently not
2: well when i looked there was three seconds left so it was kind of tough to even just let you know because it was just going to end so i let you know when it ended fair enough well this is going great
0: all right i'm rick camp i'm here with you until 10 o'clock on 670 the score follow me on twitter at rick c camp uh i'm broadcasting live from the score hyundai studios brought to you by your local hyundai dealers it's kind of rare that i get the opportunity to uh not go really basketball heavy which obviously basketball is my thing getting to host a lot of bulls post game shows but man it's football season And I know for myself that, like, I've got a fantasy draft this weekend, which nobody cares about your fantasy team, but everybody cares about prepping for their own fantasy drafts. So at 9 o'clock tonight, we're going heavy hitter, man. Evan Silva of Establish the Run is as good as it gets when it comes to the rankings in terms of, like, you hear the term aggregator. As a negative, so many times, but he is like an aggregator and a fi- he just filters all the information that comes in from all thirty-two NFL teams and is able to pick out what matters and what doesn't and adjust his rankings as such. So we're going to talk fantasy football and get a primer for me, get a primer for everybody else that has their drafts coming up in the next couple of weeks at nine o'clock, and in the next segment at seven twenty, my guy Jason Leisure from the Sun-Times covering the Bears. We're going to talk about what's going on with the Chicago Bears as they lead into the second week of the preseason, which has already started because, you know, you've got Joe Flacco already into a game that's going on right now, so you know it's the preseason. I'm excited to get rolling and just be able to talk with you as well because it's, once again, not many opportunities I get to speak with everybody out there, 312-644-6767 is the number to call. Also, the number to text. And the Tech zones brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhunday.com. So I know it's been the big story the last couple days, and it, it really does just get to me. And we'll talk with Jason about it in the next segment. Of just kind of not just the Tevin Jenkins injury and where the Bears currently sit in terms of their offensive line, especially that left tackle position, but just the how did we get here and all the trickle-down effects that it takes for a team to get to the point where you are only a couple weeks until the season starts. You spent a high draft pick on a guy who clearly the Bears thought would be their starting left tackle, and you just had to sign a 39-year-old guy off the street. So I do kind of want to just break this down a little bit to start the show. And I want to get your thoughts on the text line and on the phone line 312-644-6767 of just how frustrating this situation is. And I think it's frustrating before I get rolling here for you, the Bears fan, no matter what your goal is for this year, because I have heard people that are saying, hey, this is a year where the Bears really can win. They can they can put a dent into the NFC whatever that ends up meaning. Or you have people are just saying, hey, whatever this year is, is cool as long as the development of Justin Fields is priority number one, which obviously completely understand. And I tend to be in that, in that camp more than anything else. But not being able to either put your offense in the best position to succeed to win right now or put your franchise quarterback in, in the best position to succeed and develop and learn in his rookie year is really, really bad. And just with looking at where that puts the Bears right now is incredibly frustrating. So how did we get here? And really, when I start to look at it, and really a lot of this was so much due to money. Robert Quinn, you've heard a lot from him this week about saying he doesn't like how last year went, obviously wants to bounce back. But also throwing out there, yeah, I don't like playing outside linebacker, even though it was kind of said to be fine with it. And the Bears did find a decent amount of situations where he was able to have his foot in the ground. That still was a possibility for him, but wasn't able to produce. And considering how much the Bears paid him, knowing going into this offseason it was going to be a cap crunch. And once again, so many reasons that lead to that. The trade for Cleo Mack, cool. But that also puts how much more money on your defense? Trading away draft picks. That means you have to sign more free agents to fill out your roster, generally not as cheap as guys on rookie deals. That's another thing. When you look at Robert Quinn specifically, it's a $14.7 million cap hit this year. Why did you have to bring him in? Because you had to replace Leonard Floyd, a first-round pick that was a flop for you. And one thing, one argument that I will not let stand, at least for me, is saying that Ryan Pace was right about Leonard Floyd because he's doing well now with the Rams. Ryan Pace, not the GM of the Rams. So for him and for his purposes, a flop of a pick. Now, where were other places... And this all comes down to, and it's insane to say this considering what we were all thinking at the end of last season. It comes down to being so willing to cut Charles Leno. Where else could the Bears have saved that money? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the other thing people were really mad about this offseason. Not extending Allen Robinson. And just the nature of those talks, which seemed really, really odd. If you, In theory, if you extend Allen Robinson... That cap hit for this year would be significantly lower, you would think, obviously depends on the deal that's signed, than his $17.88 million cap hit as the franchise tag receiver. That's a possibility that could have helped save some money to maybe let you keep Charles Leno, if nothing else, until you know Jenkins is fine. Jimmy Graham is still here, and you heard on Bears All Access before we came on how Cole Komet sings his praises, and that's awesome. But when you look at it, he's at best your fourth receiving option. And cutting him could have saved around $10 million. So you're saving that. You're just saving your fourth best receiving threat. And that's being generous. But getting rid of your left tackle. Even when he's not a very good left tackle, certainly not great below average. But considering where the Bears were at and where they are now, That would look pretty good. Then you draft Tevin Jenkins, which every time, and this is just due diligence from a front office, you have to wonder, why is a guy falling? And the Bears even came out and said, yeah, they knew. They knew Tevin Jenkins had some back issues in the past and that they could still be nagging. With all of that, you decide to cut Charles Leno. And once again, I am not trying to say Charles Leno is good great or even good but one of the top offensive line authorities out there Brandon Thorne who works for establish the run also has his own sub stack where he focuses on the trenches that is his job offensive line play defensive line play he's talked to a bunch of offensive and defensive linemen had a podcast about it and just is one of the guys you trust when you're trying to rank offensive and defensive lines and when you're trying to figure out how good certain players are playing. Someone asked Olin Krutz on Twitter today well okay how good was Charles Leno if you ranked all the starting left tackles last season how good was he? Olin on Twitter mentioned Brandon Thorne Brandon said Leno was about 17th to 20th ish best left tackle and the Bears had no issue cutting him before you knew what was going on with Tevin Jenkins and his back. It's just wild to me. And it's frustrating because after the Justin Fields pick and what we thought of the Tevin Jenkins pick coming in, a vast majority of people were in favor of the Tevin Jenkins pick. And on the surface, obviously not knowing the back issues at the time, I was in favor of it. Having all that info, it was like, okay, maybe Ryan Pace is starting to turn it around a little bit. But then every move since the pick of Justin Fields just has not made a ton of sense where the Bears are right now. And Jason Peters is a guy that is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, with a bullet. That guy is... One of the best left tackles to ever play. He was a stalwart for so long in Philly. Obviously now, I mean, anybody who's 39 years old and still playing, especially at a demanding position like on the offensive line, of course he's not going to be as good, and that's no fault to him at all. But also, he's had more nagging injuries the last couple years. I work with a few guys. When I work on You Better You Bet on the BQL Network, work with a few guys from Philly, said, hey, He can be okay when he's on the field, but good luck with when he's going to be on the field. And if you just look at how many games he started or games he's played, you'd be like, well, that doesn't look as bad as some of the reputation is. But when you just look at last year, going to football outsiders for all the snap counts, Peters only played 44.9% of the snaps when he was active for the Eagles last year, 44.9. He's a guy that really, and mind you, credit to him for trying. Like he, he's a guy that likes to give it a go. If he's questionable, a lot of times he does try to give it a go, but he'll miss a series here. He'll miss a series there. He may start. There's been multiple times where he starts. And after one series, he just realizes he doesn't have it. And he's out the rest of the game. So you have to dig a little bit deeper than just those numbers that are started. And because of where the Bears are right now, that is more likely than not your starting left tackle week one against the Rams. It's not great. Obviously, it is not great. Go Bears! Yeah. Go Bears indeed. But it's it's very frustrating to have that be a thing right now that There's so much optimism around Justin Fields, and I'm not saying this buries Justin Fields for the season and he can't show that he could be a franchise quarterback. That is all still very possible, but it sure makes everybody's life harder when you do that. And when your GM puts that in, puts that emphasis in terms of spending the money on the defense and puts his franchise quarterback that in theory, he partially took to save his job. Let's let's, Player evaluation, of course. That was absolutely a big part of this. But if you don't think there was job preservation thought, a little bit of that thought in the back of Ryan Pace's mind, you're joking yourself. So to draft the guy, then have probably the right thought process of, if there's a guy there, let me see if I can get a left tackle that can protect the quarterback. But then take the guy with the back problems, which even so, okay, if you think, The back problems are minor and you think that creates value. Also knowing you have another left tackle on the roster that while not good is someone that can at least be a body there for you while you make sure you're all set, while you make sure that your draft pick is set to go. You didn't have to cut him then. You didn't have to cut Charles Leno then and it puts the Bears where they are now. They're in a place where they have to figure out, it's on Matt Nagy now to help scheme this together while they figure out the personnel on the offensive line. 312-644-6767. That's the number to call, text. Next segment, speak to my guy Jason Leisure from the Sun-Times about what he's seen up at Bears camp, his thoughts on how the Bears offensive line is playing out, and maybe some of what we can expect in game two of the preseason on Saturday against the Bills. Sean Anderson's on the other side of the glass. I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you till 10 o'clock on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
1: New iPhone 15s?
0: Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way Snap back, four-man rush, Fields hangs in there, starts to close, he leaves the pocket, ejects left to the 10, to the 5, pulls into the end zone for the touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Penalty marker far side of the field though. Holding on Miami, put it on the board, baby. Justin Fields, <laughs> an 8-yard touchdown run, and they're on their feet at Soldier Field, 13-9 Miami. Here's the boot again. And Redmond is there to block. Throwback. Fields has Jesse James. Backpedals in. Fields with a touchdown, and the Bears take the lead.
0: Got a combo platter of our sister station, News Radio 780, 105.9 FM, WBBM, and Fox. Jeff Joniak and Adam Amin on those calls for hey, Justin Fields can solid in game one of the preseason for the Bears. But it's time to go out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And welcome in my guy, Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun Times. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Leisure. He's also the one of the hosts of the Sports Adjacent Podcast and has to deal with Tony Gill on a weekly basis. So, uh, Jason, thank you for making time for me, especially when I realized how much of a jerk I was because Lawrence Holmes wasn't in today, so you're probably figuring you got the Thursday off of having to come on the score, but you're nice enough to do it for me, so I appreciate it, man.
3: All right, Campy, I wasn't going to bring it up, but when I got the text from Sean to come on, and it was like, hey, this is Sean from 7-7, I'm like, oh, great, 670. they like, do you want to come on, blah, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> uh... But then the last couple words were with Rick Camp, and I was like, "Yes, I will do that for Campy every time." One of my favorite people.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. So I'll save sports adjacent for the end because every from every episode, there's always something to have to bring up. Generally, Tony related. Uh, but yeah, I like that you, that you.
3: I like that you say that I have to deal with Tony on a weekly basis. Like you know, a lot of times in life, you don't really get to pick who your friends are, and Tony is one of my best friends so i deal with tony pretty much on a daily basis just so you know
0: and that makes you that much better of a person all right so he's fun as a friend he's exasperating as someone to try to work with (laughs) yes that's a that's a great great way to put it as someone that sat next to him for quite a while on the Lawrence Holmes show so to something much much less fun um Okay. So, what's, what's going on with the Bears' offensive line? I mean, it's, it seems like, okay, Jason Peters practiced today. Larry Borum is, is kind of there. But as we go to, you know, week two in the game against Buffalo, what is the status what the hell is going on, on the t- with the tackles? Campy, why is
3: everybody all worked up about the Bears? What's the big deal? Is it just because their offensive line is in shambles and the defense isn't as good as it used to be and the coach won't play the young, exciting quarterback? Is that all?
0: So, you're saying everything's fine?
3: Everything's fine. No, their offensive line is a huge problem. I mean, and you could hear it in Matt Nagy's voice the other day. I think it was Wednesday, yesterday, where they've, they've been having offensive line problems from the jump. From the beginning, Tevin Jenkins wasn't practicing, for example. And Matt Nagy the whole time has been Mr. Brightside like he usually is. That's, that's why I think one of his best qualities as a coach and as a human being, he's just ultra positive all the time very upbeat, very optimistic. And I think part of that though, with the offensive line problems was help is on the way. Like these guys are going to come back eventually and they haven't. And now you find out that Tevin Jenkins isn't going to, and you're calling a 39 year old Jason Peters out of like, what looked like retirement to me. We haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, but I would imagine he believed himself to be kind of quasi retired at that point. Um, So that's the new help that's on the way and Jason Peters just practiced today for the first time looked like he was uh you know kind of just getting it wading into the pool a little bit in that regard not full go at all not full reps or anything like that and now you are trusting him as your best chance at left tackle and to be honest when you look at the other options that doesn't even sound that crazy
0: yeah, like, am I wrong for being more mad about the process of if the Bears had to, you know, clear X amount of cap space like they did when they released Charles Leno? Like, couldn't they have gone about taking care of that cap space in different ways that would have maybe made more sense than cutting your left tackle when you know, when they admit they drafted a guy that they knew had some back issues in the past? And essentially, just why not give Charles why not give yourself the chance to have Charles Leno as an insurance policy until you're absolutely certain you can start the season with Jenkins It just doesn't make much sense well, to me
3: well, I don't remember the exact number, but Charles Leno was going to make uh, somewhere around ten million, I think, and so I mean if not him, it was going to be akeem Hicks, for example, and I don't know how much more palatable that is to anybody, but your point is taken in the sense of. I bet they missed Charles Leno. I think Matt Nagy, if you asked him, do you wish you'd still had Charles Leno and found some other way to make the cuts uh, money-wise, I'm sure he wishes that they had. And Charles Leno all of a sudden doesn't seem that bad, does he? I mean, Charles Leno was not a guy that hit the free agent market and sat there for months on end and nobody called him until August. He got signed right away in Washington, but all of that being said, they had to make cuts. Now, when you go into an offseason, this is dangerous for any team to go into an offseason and say, we have major starting lineup holes, and we're going to fix that. We're going to fill those through the draft. That's very dangerous at any position because you never know if those guys are going to be instant answers. A lot of those guys are good eventually when you're drafted in the first and second round, but they're not guys you could just count on right away as instant starters and that's what they set themselves up to do with tevin jenkins now that alone is dicey but even dicier is to take a guy who would have been a first round pick if not for the back problems so the rest of the league is telling you "Eh, i don't know about this and you say no no no, we know better we're going to take him and he's a right tackle but again we know better we're going to draft him and put him at left tackle
0: yeah, and, and the lack of depth overall at the tackle positions. I mean, you could say this really about any position group. So maybe it's not as fair to point it out just in this situation of because of all the trade ups, there's just so few of those mid round picks where, hey, if Ryan Pace is gonna have, you know, one feather in his cap, it's those mid to you know, like rounds what, like three to five, three to six, something yes. like that, where he's actually done pretty well to in theory be at a point where you could have at least had maybe someone that could tie you by for a while, as opposed to having to go get, you know, Jason Peters out of retirement who, yeah, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but I mean, he had problems staying on the field in Philly the last few years anyway.
3: I think any 39 year old would, it's, it's just like with Ryan Pace, you mentioned that he does, he's done so well in the third through fifth rounds and he absolutely has Darnell Mooney, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen. There's a lot of great guys that he's pulled out of that. But he continues to squander these first and second round picks, which is where you find your stars. And now you're talking about a first round pick at quarterback that you're saying, in theory, ideally from their standpoint, you don't use him this year. You, he's, he's on hold till 2022. And now a left tackle where you're sitting there and asking Matt Nagy, hey, is this, is this just like a one-year thing? Or is this the kind of injury that could bother him forever and man he's like I-, I couldn't tell you I don't know
0: yeah not ideal not ideal maybe no not pick, quite everything's no, no, fine No
3: picks to fix it no right. picks to fix it next year Rick I mean they're sitting there next year like every everybody would make that deal me included to give up next year's first round pick to get up and get deals
0: yeah absolutely
3: absolutely I would do it I would do it a hundred times out of a hundred but that doesn't mean it doesn't cost anything that still is a pretty big cost to sit there and say we don't have a first round pick next year
0: exactly yeah I think that's part of the frustration with Ryan Pace is like there are some of these moves where like the Khalil Mack move like the the fields move in a vacuum they all like that yes absolutely you do that however when you put it in context of how how itchy his trigger finger is to trade up anyway and what that means for the rest of the roster I mean like you mentioned it's I mean the Bears win total right now is sitting at seven and a half or whatever people want to make of that and it's you have people that are really thinking the Bears could do something this year, but really to me it's like all this year is about is Justin Fields' development and whatever the wins and losses are, you, you take them as they come and, and you make whatever decisions you have to off of that. So I guess with with bringing up Justin Fields, back at practice today, how did he look?
3: Not great. Were you uh, expecting me to cheer you up there?
0: No, nah, not really. I'm, I'm just, I just like information and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was working uh, most of the day. I had to work my normal shift before doing this one. So yeah. I'm trying to catch up a little bit.
3: And I threw a few interceptions and like, that's part of the deal with these young quarterbacks. I think what you want to see is that the progress is going to be linear, that it's just going to keep going up, 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 up. And that's just not realistic. There's going to be steps back. There's going to be bad weeks. There's going to be bad days this is a guy that you expect to have for at least the next four or five years, if not the next 10 plus years, you're going to have to ride out some of this stuff early where he has rough days. Now, the good news for him is that he did practice. So he is back after missing a day and he is going to be good to go for the preseason game, which is important to the bears for two reasons. Um, One, they want to test him. He needs that work to continue to learn and two, it's a way for them to check in on him and see how he's doing in live situations, and I think that that factors into a decision of, fine, whatever, you're going to start Andy Dalton week one, no matter what, you're going to decide that in May without ever giving the other guy a look? Uh, Okay, I guess, but I don't think they're committed beyond that. I don't think they're committed to their original idea of Justin Fields sits all of 2021, and so the path for Justin Fields to take over maybe week four or six if things aren't going well includes these preseason games these are pivotal steps along the way for him
0: do you think he'll get any reps with the first team I mean I know Matt Nagy said it seems like it's gonna be a little more work for Andy Dalton but do you think the rest of the ones will stay out there with uh, Justin Fields for a little bit
3: I think it just depends on the guy like I was not surprised at all to see Allen Robinson sit out last week I don't know if he's going to play a single preseason game. He probably doesn't need to. Um, But I'm sure, you know, he could leave Darnell Mooney in, and you better leave your best offensive lineman in with Justin Fields. You better not take any chances with that.
0: Absolutely. So it seemed like today was a big Sean Desai day in terms of getting to hear from him and then just people talking about him as well. What did you learn about Sean Desai?
3: Well, I think he's the kind of guy you would want to work for. He's really in my opinion, buttoned up since he took this job, he used to be a lot looser with talking to the media. And I think a couple of times I've, a handful of times I've talked to him now since he became DC has seems a lot more serious, a lot more careful about what he says, but he does seem like the kind of boss you'd want to have. He seems creative. He seems honest. He seems like a guy that the players really enjoy working with not authentic, nothing fake about him. And, uh, I, think that he is a great pick for the Bears because as much as this is not Sean Desai's favorite storyline, you want that defense that you had in 2018 with Vic Fangio and Sean Desai is your link to that. Sean Desai is the guy that was his protege and that's your best chance of getting back to what that defense was in 2018, which was amazing. It was one of the best defenses you've seen in a long time and I think because that defense set the bar so high, Rick, that People look at the defense from last year and they're like, oh, the Bears defense is terrible now. That's not true. They're not terrible. They're they're still good. They just aren't overwhelming and just going to like outright win games for you where they can hold an opponent to six points and it doesn't even matter what you do on offense, you're going to win. The offense has slipped from that, at least as far as I've seen now, unless some of these guys are going to step in, like unless Kendall Vildor, for example, is going to be an excellent number two corner and unless Robert Quinn is going to get things turned around, they're just a good defense, not amazing. And with the way their offense is played, they've needed an amazing defense.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe the person that's benefited most from uh, from the offensive line issues is a guy like Kendall Vildor. That the, you know, maybe the the scope the microscope isn't as much on him, or just what's going on at that other defensive be- or the other corner spot but, uh, across from Jalen Johnson. But what have? How have the DBs looked in general? I mean, I assume from the safety play, you've got continuity there. Guys you can generally trust. But from the corners, what, have you, what little, if anything, have you been able to glean so far?
3: They look great in practice. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them tested in the game. Kendall Vildor, is, it's nice to think that you've got a hidden gem there, but every team thinks that their fifth-round picks are gems. And you don't really know until you have to test them. Kendall Vildor didn't play a lot in the defense last year, so that's TBD.
0: And you also don't know how they fell in the fifth round. Every single one of them. That's, it doesn't. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. It's a, well, man. We There's had a no second. The reason, though. We had a we had a second round grade, though. I mean, it okay, just Every that, one I, of them. That
3: uh, that I'll give you. Like that can happen. <laughs> yes. a, so the the Bears are saying that about Darnell Mooney, for example. mannegie Nagy is saying we knew this guy it was great. We wanted to get him. Okay. If, you, if you're a good poker player and you know that nobody's going to take that guy until the fifth round, good for you waiting until the fifth round to take him. But you're not really doing that math once you're getting 10 or 20 picks away and you're picking Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor instead or whoever, whoever the fifth round picks were that they picked ahead of Darnell Mooney that year.
0: So Jason is the host with Russ Dorsey of the Sports Adjacent Podcast, and they are produced by Tony Gill. I, I want to congratulate you for, I think, was this the first time on the most recent pod that, that you actually had to get beeped?
3: Did I get, oh, yeah. Not bad. Um, I mean, that it bad. was a bad word. Okay. It was a bad word. No, it was a bad word. They should have never named a football team that, but the Washington True. football team, I'm pretty good in general about not saying that team name, but sometimes it just comes out because they've been called that my entire life.
0: Well, there was that, and then was it this Was it this one or the one before where you said something where I think you actually broke Russ, which, you know, Russ is usually pretty good at kind of like keeping his wits about him, unless it's just like Tony saying something ridiculous that obviously we won't share, especially on these airwaves. But just the fact of, I just, I don't know, as the podcast has evolved, I just enjoy the interaction you guys have with each other. So everybody should be subscribe yeah. rating and reviewing the sports adjacent podcast on the House of L Network. Uh, because it 's just great getting the dynamic between you guys of those guys being younger, but you but then you and Russ being able to share the beat writer experience it 's just a lot yeah. of fun to get to listen to each week, and just the different perspectives coming together and always the uh the animal news stories at the end are great
3: that 's just part of the news, Rick. I really appreciate that that 's very nice of you to say and um you know when we when I started thinking of doing a podcast and I thought of friends I had. That would be great as a co-host. Number one on my list was Russ Dorsey and number two on my list was also Russ Dorsey. And so was number three and so on. Like that was the answer. That was a no brainer for me. And I feel like if we're on there having a good time, me and him and Tony, then it's going to be a good time to listen to as well. So I appreciate you saying that.
0: Absolutely. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Leisure. Read his work in the Sun Times. Subscribe to the Sun Times as well if you have not done that as of yet. And subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Adjacent podcast. Jason, thanks again, man. I know it was supposed to be your day off from being on the score, but uh always appreciate getting to talk to you.
3: Always very happy to be on with you, Rick.
0: That is Jason Leisure. Follow him on Twitter at his name, Jason Leisure. All right. It's a lot there and still more to get to with the Bears. I also want to interact with you 312-644-6767 text call the text zone is brought to you by rosenhunday valgonquin save time shop online at rosenhunday.com where are you at with the bears also just in terms of what they've done with the offensive line and where they are in terms of how that affects justin fields how that affects what you feel about this offense and what the bears really can be this year I don't want to spray to all fields, Bears related in this next segment on 670, the score.
1: Trubisky back under center, Montgomery, the lone back snap, Trubisky play fake, going to roll to the near side, going to keep it at the five, wide open to the end zone, touchdown, Mitchell Trubisky, touchdown Bears! And they extend their lead to 19-10 here in the third quarter. I'm excited for him, you know,
2: uh, to go out there, you know, and, uh, you know, show the organization that they made a mistake. You know, uh, he's a great quarterback. And uh, like I said, he belongs to the NFL.
0: the Trubisky Bowl on Saturday Mitch Trubisky for the probably very few that don't know he's Josh Allen's backup in Buffalo and Buffalo is kind of the opposite of the Bears in terms of using players Josh Allen's not going to see the field in the preseason Stefan Diggs is not going to see the field in preseason probably part of the reason that the Bears are favored by over a field goal in that game I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you until 10 o'clock at 9 o'clock. We are going to do a fantasy football preview because I know there are people out there like me that we're procrastinators. And there's fantasy drafts coming up this weekend. So one of mine was supposed to be on Labor Day, got switched to this Sunday. So I was like, oh, man, this is not great. I listened to some podcasts, I've taken some notes, but that's why... We're going to have Evan Silva on from Establish the Run because, I mean, he's the standard. In the fantasy football industry, the dude's a machine. So I'm excited to get to talk with him, go over just like the landscape of fantasy football this year. A lot of interesting stuff. We'll do that at 9 o'clock. Feel free to text in some questions fantasy-wise. I'll try and jot them down as the show is going to be able to ask Evan. 312 644 2 67 67 is the number. The highlight was WBBM, by the way, and that was Matt Breida, Bill's running back on Trubisky. Calling him great quarterback. I get you have to do that because you're his teammate. But, you know, just be like, he's a good player. That's probably a little more accurate. But that's what we're on right now. We're on the Bears and just where they've been. Spent a lot of time on just kind of how we got here with the offensive line situation.
2: And real quick the, it, yeah. the, i think you might have missed the other the other part of the a quote just okay. because i was talking to you through q yeah it's he starts it off before saying he's a great quarterback i'm excited for him to go out there and show the organization that they made a mistake do you think that one preseason game no no matter how good it is no. will prove the bears that they made a mistake on saturday no thank you
0: oh 269 text your bears versus bills is a trap game watch out trap game in the preseason oh man I'll be honest. I'm so excited that football is back. But just like probably a lot of people, it's like, okay, here we go. Watch the Bears a little bit, at least for the Bears, with the way things are, are at the moment. A lot of people would much rather Justin Fields just be the start, name the starter right now, and be playing with the ones. But the thing is, Justin Fields makes you pay attention to the Bears game a little bit longer because he's the second quarterback. So, conspiracy theory. Justin Fields is the number two quarterback right now so that the Bears preseason ratings on TV and radio are higher. Prove to me that I'm wrong. People are staying watching the game, listening to the game on WBBM, our sister station longer because Justin Fields is the number two and playing later in the game. I think that's got to be a fact, but they're doing it to make sure those ratings are good. My column or not oh okay yes
2: I just didn't have drops on handy
0: it's actually perfect because I know the guy that instituted that uh that drop is Tony and Tony's uh, Tony Gill's always here for a good conspiracy theory 815 texture Mitch is gonna be booed out of the stadium I don't think that's the case will there be some booze for Mitch trubisky probably will it be overwhelming? Probably not. I don't think so.
2: I think you could notice them on the broadcast, but only if you're paying, like only if you're looking for them. I think that's my my prediction on that.
0: Yeah, because I think part of it is that it's not like Mitch was ever a bad guy or you know bust tossed the organization necessarily, like in an obvious fashion. I think there will probably be a little bit of a mix, probably. M- I don't even know if there's going to be that much reaction to Mitch Trubisky. It's going to be, oh, this guy, maybe more muttering. You know how sometimes you can just kind of hear the level of the crowd go up a little bit, but it's not necessarily anything discernible. That might be what we're looking for or what we're looking at from Trubisky with Trubisky going out there for the Bills. But there'll probably be some boos. There'll, well, there will definitely be some booze, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. It's not his fault that the Bears drafted him at number two when Hey, he clearly wasn't deserving of it, as we found out. 312 644 67, 67 is the number. Like I said, spent a lot of time on the offensive line and the issues there because, hey, that directly affects the most important part of the Bears organization. And the most important part of the Bears organization is Justin Fields. More important than the GM, the coach, anything else is Justin Fields, and those offensive line issues could have a direct effect on how he's able to to do his job. Some other issues on this roster as well that are worth keeping an eye on. And it's just part of the reason of, or part of an effect of what I mentioned with Jason, just when you're trading away all these picks, you don't have as much depth on your roster when you're having to go into free agency to replace guys. So I think the wide receivers are another part of that as well. You have Allen Robinson who probably won't play in the preseason or very, very little. You have Darnell Mooney who, Boy, if he didn't hit, what would the Bears be leaning on as their crutch? Because right now Allen Robinson is pretty much one foot out the door for next season. 312, 644, 67, 67's the number. Jeff is in Aurora and he's on the score. Hey Rick, how are you? Enjoy the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yes, I agree with you, man. I think they made him the number two quarterback so that people would
3: watch because during the first preseason game, as soon as he left the game and put a baseball
0: hat on, I immediately turn the game off and else I cut the grass. <laughs> uh, that that is funny. Yeah, I meant it as a joke. However, if I'm going to get some steam behind this with people, might have to roll with it. Is this going to be like my platform now? Is this going to end up being my TED talk? <laughs> is is the, Justin Fields is the number two purely for ratings purposes for
2: preseason ratings?
0: Preseason ratings, of course. We got can't be ridiculous. Once you get to the regular season, he starts got to have the, got to have those eyeballs from jump. Maybe in game two or game one, you build up the drama. People are going to be there for the first kickoff. No matter what things go poorly. Then you bring Justin Fields in because then you get people rejuvenated in terms of being interested in watching. Then he starts from then going on.
2: Got to check out the first half or second half ratings.
0: Of course. I mean, Hey, Hey, The Houston Texans did that with Tom Savage. Tom Savage was so incredibly awful in half one. Deshaun Watson started the second half of game one. And it wasn't injury related. One thing, if it's injury related, Justin Herbert, but it's not injury related. That was incredible at that point. Really? Like, why didn't you start the dude from jump street? That probably should have been the case for Justin, for uh, Deshaun Watson and Houston. But Hey. Bill O'Brien's going to Bill O'Brien. And he did that a lot and now the Texans are exactly where they are which I feel better than I should probably about having a 22 to 1 ticket on the Texans to go 0 17 this year.
2: Is it really that low? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not. Cuz I I mean I I think Watson might play but that team's still horrible around him.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is if Watson plays more than like a, a handful of games, they're, they're, they're going to get a win just because he's so good. But man, the rest of that team is so they love getting old running backs. Phillip, well, Philip Lindsay isn't old, but he's just a veteran running back. Mark Ingram's on that team. David Johnson's on that team. I don't know how we get necessarily got there, but the Bears aren't the Texans. Hey, that that's a positive. Some people could say I've been negative so far. The Bears are not the Houston Texans, and that is a good thing. 269 Texter, A-Rob is gone, will be his third contract unheard of for Bears with agent injuries. Yeah, thing is, you also have to look at your situation. I wish they would have re-signed Allen Robinson, even taking just in a vacuum. Would have loved if they had done it. But just the way they handled that whole situation is another reason you have to question what happens with your front office. What happens with Ryan Pace? What happens with Matt Nagy? Because I I feel similar to the the sentiment that Jason Leisure gave off last segment of, I don't think Matt Nagy's a bad guy. I don't even necessarily think he's the worst coach in the world, but I I don't know that it's going to work here. I just don't. And it's tough because I would be very happy if there was new GM, new coach, but with the quarterback, I don't necessarily want that if that means something truly horribly negative for Justin Fields. So, while was it the pick a lot of us wanted? Absolutely. Did it also probably buy them a good amount of time? Yeah, it probably did too. So, you're kind of taking the negatives with the positives. And it's just, it feels like a very, a very fickle roster right now because if this offensive line situation has proved anything, it's that outside of what defensive line and maybe your inside linebackers, if there are any injuries, and of course there are going to be injuries in the NFL, this roster is pretty thin. And how can you survive when those injuries happen? That's where you need those later round picks to not even necessarily hit, hit get you a star or anything like that. Just get you a decent guy that can be a core special teamer and maybe a solid backup when a guy gets hurt and has to miss a series or miss a game. That's where I feel like the bears really get exposed. It also goes into how they've allocated their resources in terms of money. So much of that money is on the defense that when you have the offense, now is your time to really be able to capitalize when you have that rookie, that quarterback on the rookie deal, but the bears were already spent so much, especially on the defensive side that you get to where the bears are right now, which seems like mediocrity third in the division, maybe second in the, in the division, they snuck into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth last year. All right. We're going to take time out. Come back. 3, 1, 44, 67, 67 call text. Also going to branch out a little bit in the NFL. There is a, a game tonight. won't be touching on that necessarily, but there's a lot of interesting stuff going on around the NFL and can also relate that back to the Bears. Taking your calls, reading your texts, talking a lot of football here. Until 10 o'clock, I'm Rick Camp on The Score.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.